And then the other part, you know, foundational part is understanding what sanctification is. It is absolutely tied to your unity with Christ. First, his work, understanding who Jesus is, his work on the cross, his life in death and resurrection, and our unity with him. So those uh, understanding those two parts is the basis for understanding sanctification. Hello, and welcome back to For God and Neighbor. How are you doing, Joshua? Doing pretty good. Good, good, good. Have a good day. Uh, I did. I did. Um, if if you were wondering uh, who, who the mysterious man is behind yes. the mic. Yes. This is Colin. Yes. Colin, uh, I'm so glad to be here, mainly because last time we recorded... Uh, was a week ago? Ooh. Was it a week ago? I think it was I, maybe just a hair over a week, I think, maybe. And I'm very excited that we're back to record it. It hasn't been a long time. I know. Our audience might even be annoyed with us talking about how often we record, um, because we, we talk about it every episode. Yes. But, but I, you know what? It's my podcast. Yep. And I'm just, I'm excited <laughs> we're here, excited we're going to talk about it. It's our podcast. Stuff. Stop complaining, guys. Yeah. Who do you think you are? (laughs) Who do you think? Okay. Well, I am going to be doing most of the question asking this time, I think, probably because I didn't prepare. (laughs) (laughs) And Joshua is thoroughly prepared. Well, you're prepared because you have a general knowledge of most things. There we go. Uh, most th- most things. I, I have to prepare because things. if I don't prepare, <laughs> I do a lot of a, hmm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I have to prepare. Mm. <laughs> I really good. felt that one. I felt that oh, was preach, great. man. <laughs> that's good. I felt this. But that, that's my lane, so. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah. All right. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about sanctification. Ooh. What uh, on earth is it? How uh, do we go about accomplishing sanctification? Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, just a general conversation about it. Give us a little insight into mm. uh, what it is. You know, every time I think about sanctification, I think about like, one of two things i either think about like pop theology books you know where it's a like christian living sort of sort of books which i i I have found you know many of those very useful in my own walk with christ or i think about like john owens like the mortification of sin you know what i mean like really hard-hitting like you know, highfalutin, like high theology, but also just like really down to earth. Like, okay, look, you need to, you need to gouge your eye out kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and like metaphorically speaking, you know, like, yeah. So that's always what I think about. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, it seems to always be on two sides of a spectrum, two opposite sides of the spectrum Mm. of like, it's not about works. Don't worry about it. Uh, or uh, mm. this is absolutely necessary, and if it doesn't yeah. look like this or this, almost you know legalistic about yeah. it. Where oh, you're not saved. I don't think mm-hmm. you're you know you're saved because your sanctification. They probably they don't they don't either side doesn't really use that mm. language. You don't hear it. So your do sanctification you th- isn't good enough. You're not. Yeah. Saved so do you think that we that are the errors we tend to fall into for sanctification tend to be either an, an oversimplification of the application of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just, it's just a simplistic application of the gospel mm-hmm. or a legalistic understanding of sanctification. Yeah. Do you think those are our two main pitfalls? I think so. Uh, but the hard part is you can't really identify them like that mm-hmm. because they don't show themselves that way. It'll, it'll show itself in, over spiritualizing something mm-hmm. where if they're not talking about sanctification, chances are they're talking about growing in the knowledge of the spirit and growing in your gifts and mm, okay. something to that effect. And on the other side, they're not going to talk about how, uh, you know, 
sanctification is a necessary application of the gospel, they're going to talk about how if you're a Christian, your life is going to look like this and this and this. Yeah. And so both kind of miss it for their mm-hmm. own purposes. But what they're doing is exactly what you said mm-hmm. is uh, either over applying or under applying. Mm-hmm. You know what I always think about too when we think about the topic of sanctification is that it's not first and foremost a New Testament category. Mm-hmm. First and foremost it's an Old Testament category. Interesting. For, first and foremost it enters in through the priesthood and the and the in service in the tabernacle where the priests most importantly but also like even like the utensils and like the different things used in priest in priestly service are sanctified mm, set apart to service to god yeah but it, it's the actual word sanctified mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um and they're sanctified specifically through the blood of sacrifices they're sprinkled with blood they're you know like or i think about like when i think it was the elders of israel went up on you know mount sinai with moses and he sprinkled them with the blood of the covenant and that's a way of showing that like the people of Israel as a whole are sanctified a sanctified people hmm. set apart for God's holy purposes yeah yeah and and, and sanctification doesn't start in the new testament hmm. yeah. it starts in the old testament so when you're thinking about that about how it relates to the priesthood what does that foundation mean in relation to what we understand you know sanctify mm-hmm. we want to sanctify these things we're sanctified mm-hmm. people of israel how does that relate to our new testament mm-hmm. understanding of sanctification and uh does does that give us a, a more robust view of what sanctification I, is by understanding the old testament i think it does i think it does because i think that when you understand sanctification as first and foremost foundationally being set apart as holy to God, then you see it from page one of the Bible. You see that God creates the heavens and the earth, but the earth is set apart for God. Like among, I mean, just think about the the universe, among all the planets in the universe, earth alone, right? <laughs> like why does God care so much about earth? He sets it apart. Or you, th- or you think about Eden as a land set apart from the rest of the earth. It's a garden set apart on a mountain right for and and adam and eve as set apart sanctified for service in the garden and and and, um yeah you just see you see sanctification from the very beginning and i think that when you understand that sanctification has to do with being set apart for holy service to god and for fellowship with god right um, then you understand that sanctification in the Christian life, the, the process that we usually speak of as sanctification, is the outworking of something that's already being been done by us being sprinkled with the blood of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And by us being set apart for holy service to God by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Our bodies are a temple, right? We are a a people, a, a priesthood to God, sanctified and set apart for Him, and and I think that when you understand that, then the process that is sanctification starts to make a whole lot more sense. You know, it's not just well, God has a whole bunch of rules that He wants you to follow. It's that we have been a, we're a set apart people for holy purposes we are sanctified so let's start being sanctified (laughs) you know i think that that i think it does i think it does inform that discussion and you see that because you see that in hebrews where in it it, like it says in in hebrews it says um in hebrews 10 10 or i'll i'll start in verse uh yeah, start in verse 8. When he said above, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are offered according to the law. Then he added, behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified 
through the offering of the body of Christ once for all. Mm. And, and there's a bunch of different verses like that in that in makes Hebrews. It Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I'm thinking, you know. Like, is that right? Is that a good way to to look at it? It's a it's a thing done in the past, one time thing. When you think of sanctification, sanctified. I would say, I we got to think of it in both terms. I see. Yeah. You know, because yeah. we are not when we think about our lives, we do not live in a completely holy way all the time. You know, even though we actually are holy people, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And like, like maybe a good illustration of this is Saul mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, the first king of Israel. He was set apart. He was the Lord's anointed, and David recognized that, which is why even as Saul is trying to kill him, he doesn't lay a hand on him. Mm-hmm. But Saul was not a holy man. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean in mm-hmm. terms of his his conduct, his way of life, and so I think we got to think about ourselves as because we are holy, because we are set apart by the blood of Christ, washed from our uncleanness for service before him, therefore we ought to start acting like it. And that is the process of sanctification. So when we think of sanctification, the the beginning part of it, like there's a couple of levels at least, and the foundational part of understanding sanctification, foundational part is knowing that while it is it is a progressive thing, there is an initial part of being set apart just by the nature of being God's people. That's right. That that's the foundational level. That's right. And and I think and we see the beginning of this in our justification before God. Our justification before God is our, you know, acquittal from sin and righteous verdict because of the death and resurrection of Christ and our, the imputation of his righteousness to us we have been counted righteous that is necessary that is a necessary prerequisite to being you know in a in this new covenant spiritual heavenly jerusalem kind of sense of being set apart for service to god you know what i mean and so our justification is necessary but our sanctification is like having been justified we're set apart for service to him i think so that's the way i think about it and i think that helps us understand how serious something like like Hebrews talks about apostasy a lot and, and, and it talks about like profaning the blood of the covenant when, when you commit apostasy because even those who commit apostasy even though we would say they're not genuinely regenerate they have been set apart by the earthly signs and sanctified in their bodies by baptism or by the the Lord's Supper or by um, even, you know, like these different things that Hebrews will talk about, um, partaking in the heavenly gifts, that kind of thing, um, and then turning away. It is a huge, it is a huge profaning and trampling on the Son of God when you, as someone who has been physically set apart for service to God by means of your baptism and by means of, you know, partaking of the Lord's Supper, then you turn away and you trample him that's a big deal mm-hmm. you know i think i think understanding that foundationally as something that's already done helps you understand the significance of these things so but our main topic today is not that it's actually the process of sanctification the the ongoing lifetime experience mm-hmm. effort Mm-hmm. struggle mm-hmm. but also like there's a even a pa- there's a passive element to it too of being made holy by the spirit of god yep so let's just jump into that like what's a good what would you say what is sanctification when we talk about it in that sense the process of being made holy before god yeah well if i uh if i can if i can be very reformed for a sec and <laughs> Quote the Westminster Shorter Catechism, question 35. Uh, It says, Sanctification is the work of God's free grace, whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God and are enabled more and more to die unto sin and live unto righteousness. 
So, <laughs> if you uh, miss that, yeah, I'll put it. I'll put put differently. I, I would say it is the progression of being conformed to the image of Jesus through the genuine spiritual renovation in our hearts. So that's mm. not. That's I'm trying to say the same thing, but um, in in less more less theological terms. Mm. Um, so, uh, what it is. From the from those two definitions that we have um, just just read, is the common theme there is being conformed to the image of the Son, being conformed to the image of of Jesus. So let's flesh that out. Yeah. Con- conformed to the image of His Son. Yeah. Image of His Son. Kind of flesh that out. What do you mean? By yeah. Because that is very Christian language. You know what I mean? It's, very much so. It's very biblical language. Yeah. Yes. So, for example, in Romans 8, it says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So the question is, and your question is, why Jesus? Why are we conformed to the image of his son, Jesus? Um, what is the connection there? Why why do we have to be conformed um, if we are predestined by God, right? If we are his people, as you said, if we are set apart as his people, why do we need to then be conformed to his son? That's the question. So I think it comes down to understanding who Jesus is, right? Mm-hmm. So it's by the righteousness of Jesus's life and his sacrifice that justification occurs. So that's that should be our foremost understanding of of who Jesus is. That he is the one that through his life and death and resurrection, spoiler alert for Easter, his resurrection uh, that our justification occurs. Well, you know, justification would occur on the cross. Um, and so in our faith in him and regeneration. Uh, receiving a new heart, being being reborn. Mm. If you remember in John Nicodemus, you know right. that that was that conversation there. Being reborn, that's and, and being united to Him. Okay, that's that's where our, our justification and uh, happens when we are united to Him. And I know there can be a number of you know if you're, if you're listening to this and you're familiar with this conversation, you're probably like, well, which comes first? Mm the faith or the regeneration or but that that's a di- different conversation for a different Maybe time that's so a different podcast the ordo salutis that'd be fun that'd be great that'd, that'd be, be great really so fun. what i just said there up for debate as far as the, the order and the timing but in that aspect faith regeneration of your heart and your uniting to christ so your your justification occurs through jesus and then you are united to him Right, you are have faith in him. You you have regenerate heart, so you're united to him. Right, and I think you would say that's what makes it effectual is you're united. Union, I I have this. You know me. This is my hobby horse. Union with Christ is my hobby. (laughs) Union with Christ is the whole cornerstone that makes everything else make sense. It is the entire paradigm of redemption that unites everything else that makes it all make sense god only has to do and god does a whole bunch of things in redemption right mm-hmm. a whole bunch of things like he forgives our sins he adopts us into his family he you know he he guarantees the resurrection of our bodies at the end of time that's an often neglected one all of that is god actually only doing one thing uniting us to christ mm-hmm. all of those benefits we gain we gain because we are united to Christ and he goes through death and he is buried and he goes into Sheol and is raised up again. It is his resurrection that we receive spiritually now, as we learn in in Ephesians two, but even at the end of time, we are resurrected because of his righteousness. We're resurrected to glory. I should right. I should clarify there is a right. resurrection to judgment, but right. um to glory and, and you know you're hitting on something. I, I love the way that you're framing this around being conformed to the image of his son and gaining a new heart, our union with Christ, our regeneration, because that really puts this 
exactly where the locus should be, which is that a holy life conformed to Jesus Christ is the outflowing mm-hmm. of our resurrected life. That's right. That's even right. in That's right. even in Romans eight, where it says those whom he predestined. You know, um, sorry, I should say uh, Romans eight twenty nine. Those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That is not just talking about sanctification, even. Mm-hmm. It's talking also about the resurrection of our bodies. Yeah. Because it goes on to say, uh, well, it, it go, yeah, it goes on to say that he might be the firstborn among many brothers, talking about Christ, right? Yeah. It says, those whom he, for, he um, foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he... Jesus might be the firstborn among many brothers. Well, what's that mean? And those he whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, glorified. He also glorified. That's what it means. That's mm-hmm. what it means to be mm-hmm. conformed to the image of His Son. It's you know God foreknew that what this verse is saying. It is so beautiful. It's that God foreknew you from eternity past. Everything you would do, everything you would be, everything that you are now, and even from then, he predestined your final state. Yeah. Which is conformed to the image of Christ, our glorification, the resurrection of our bodies, and our sanctification in this present life, right now, even before the end of time, is the living out of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in our hearts, our minds, in our bodies. Right. That's why unity with Christ Mm -hmm. is so pivotal to understanding this, so pivotal to understanding salvation, Mm. but so pivotal to understanding sanctification. And so that's why being formed into the image of his son occurs in the Christian life. It's absolutely necessary. And here is where again we'll clarify i think it goes without saying you know but it actually goes with saying it's what we we, we've kind of been saying but sanctification is not the means by which we are saved but what you just said but rather it is the evidence of our Mm -hmm. salvation it's it's going to happen if you have a regenerate heart and are united to christ it's the i think you said outflowing Mm -hmm. it's it's absolutely going to happen it has to happen on that point romans 6 says this explicitly he says what then or what shall we say then are we to continue in sin that grace may abound he says by no means how can we he doesn't say he he doesn't say (laughs) you, you would expect in our worldly minds paul to say no because then you'll lose your salvation right you know, if you live in sin after having received Christ, you lose your salvation. Jesus says, well, you know, I took you in, but if you're going to live like that, then I'm going to kick you out. Mm-hmm. That's not what Paul says. He says, how can we who died to sin mm-hmm. still live in it? It's like it's not registering with him. He's yeah. like, that doesn't even make sense. It doesn't compute with the internal logic of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, that's a great way of putting it. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And here Paul explicitly connects our walking and newness of life in this life with the resurrection of Jesus Christ in our resurrection with him. Yeah. Yep. Man. Yep. Yeah. So though that is pivotal to mm-hmm. understanding sanctification. So we have the initial part to so just just to you know keep 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 the you know the the group together. Yes. <laughs> the the, the so initial sorry. part. No, 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 no. No, you're good. We have we have the initial part of understanding what something being sanctified means. It's being set apart. Mm-hmm. And so that is pivotal to understanding we as a people. This is the old Old Testament usage we're summarizing. Are set apart. You know, sorry dispensational friends. <laughs> we as a people are set apart as Israel was. 
We mm-hmm. are set apart for holy work. Yes. And then the other part, you know, foundational part is understanding what sanctification is. It is absolutely tied to your unity with Christ. First, his work, understanding who Jesus is, his work on the cross, his life in death and resurrection, and our unity with him. So those uh, understanding those two parts is the basis for understanding sanctification. Would you would you agree? Would you add anything? Oh, more to yeah, that? no, okay. I w- I, yeah, I would completely agree. I think okay. you laid a really solid foundation for us there. Yeah. Okay. So I think the the natural question after that, you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably saying, "Great, thank you for all of that." So I understand it's important. I understand it's necessary to the Christian life. It's not the means by which I am saved, but it is absolutely part of my Christian walk. Mm-hmm. If I'm a Christian, this is going to be part of my life. So I think the next question would be, how, well, how does this occur? Are well, you tell- how, well, how does this occur? John? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is a great question, Colin. Thank you for, <laughs> for asking that. Um, Another way of putting this might be, how do we reconcile it's not even just theologically because I think I think you can make good sense out of it theologically but even like in the real experience of the Christian life how do you reconcile the way of thinking that is I am sanctified and I am being sanctified Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am holy and I am being made holy yeah yeah how do you how do you how do you pursue that in the Christian life practically and how, how, how should we be thinking about that? Yeah. And even more so rectifying it with what we're seeing in our own life, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. no, knowing that and wondering that, but seeing in our own life, like, okay, you're telling me that that's great. I'm supposed to look like Jesus. He was perfect. What do you what do you mean? You know, yeah. this, this has got to be a miracle. I don't know mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out the uh, the most Sunday school answer I can. <laughs> I tried on this one. Maybe second. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. That was our first yeah. answer. Uh, second answer by the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm just gonna interject. <laughs> I didn't even understand how hardcore that truth is that Jesus is the Sunday school answer oh until I had my boy who now we're teaching him catechism mm-hmm. we're using the new city catechism That's and right. it's like every answer is like jesus yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yep. it's like he's yeah. gotten pretty good at some of these questions now but it's like i like a while back when we were first like talking about it it was like jesus was just the answer at every for everything That's right. <laughs> it was like That's right. well well yeah but <laughs> oh my gosh i can't tell you that exact scenario yeah. when i ask him i'm like uh what is our only hope in life and death? And he goes, Jesus. And I go, yeah, but let's keep going. Yeah. Um, so, sorry. <laughs> to reset, how does sanctification actually occur? It is by the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Interestingly enough, Spirit. like, because sanctification is the process of being made holy. Right. The Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah. Right. So the mechanics of that, right, are I'm so glad you brought it <laughs> part of this. Uh, the mechanics of that would be because we hear in church all the time people saying, Look to Christ. Right, look to Christ. You might even hear that at the end of a sermon, look to Christ. Maybe and hopefully you're hearing it in your liturgy, look to Christ, look to Christ. Well, it is by, the reason why you hear that, why you're being told that, it is by looking to Christ that the Holy Spirit actually does that work of sanctification. Mm-hmm. So again, still, this is still kind of broad, right? This is still kind of 30,000 view look. But by looking to Christ, we begin to understand that the love that God pours out to us, by looking to Christ, we understand the love that God pours out to us. And that's why Paul prays for this to the church, prays for this for the church in Ephesus. So uh, in Ephesians 3, uh, 
well, 14 through 19 uh, is, For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. He says, I pray that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit. Love how Paul prays. Mm-hmm. Uh, inner being through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow. So it's so in that text, we're filled with the knowledge and I would even add the word like assurance yeah. of God's love. Yeah. The security that belongs to us yeah. in the love of God because of our adoption. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. our and his in in God is love, right? And that's, like, that's exactly what I was love. gonna say. If you read that, he says, Comprehend with all saints what is the length, the width, and the height and the depth of God's love. Like he's describing something that's like endlessly big. Mm. What else? What else kind of fits that description? Mm. God Himself. God Himself. So is not. And it's that's not, why He says that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Wait, that's exactly right. With mm. all the fullness of God, He doesn't say that you might be filled with this part of God. Mm. With all the fullness of God. So in, what He's describing here is, I want you to be filled with all the fullness of God. And how do you do that? It's by looking to Christ. That feels like such a hefty task. It is. You know what I mean? It's something that's fundamentally passive. Yeah. You yeah, can't, yeah, yeah. You can't make yourself believe God loves you. Yeah. You cannot force that. But we're called to believe it and to receive to, it and to receive it that's right that's right how do you how do you reconcile how do you well how do you pursue being filled with the knowledge of god's love all the while understanding that it is a fundamentally a gift yeah yeah well i'm reading currently uh deeper by dane ortland and he talks about uh, this specifically and I've got a quote I want to read from him but uh, even before this there's another uh, quote by him I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have it in front of me but he says something in the effect of into the effect of receiving it that you can't do it with your eyes closed and your fists clenched focusing on your moral ability mm. to accomplish this mm. accomplish and rectify your justification that you received in this regenerate heart the only way you can do it is by having your eyes open looking to christ with open hands receiving and knowing the love of christ man i'll tell you what i think it was yesterday maybe yeah i think it was yesterday i was reading um I was I what was I reading? I was reading Isaiah fifty two and fifty three. Hmm. Just I'm just going through Isaiah, yeah. and that happened to be the text. It's, it's so cool on Holy good Week timing. too. Yeah, yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, yeah. Holy Week too. Um, but I happened to read through Isaiah fifty two and fifty three that day, and and I I was just struck by it said his form was so marred beyond human semblance. Yeah so shall he sprinkle many nations hmm. and and it says he he was you know stricken and afflicted we considered him you know stricken by god and afflicted but he and and i just love in that text the 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 contrast there's the he and the us in this text it says he was wounded for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. It's just the most redundant text in the whole Bible because it's trying to drill down into our skulls how far the servant of the Lord has gone for completely for the sake of of his people yep and and i was so filled with happiness yeah 
you know it's like and and the lord renewed my life Mm -hmm. when i when i read that Mm -hmm. i think it was yesterday and i was just so filled with like oh my goodness like god is so good to me (laughs) you know like and it literally was like that experience of just I have found another sector of God's love or maybe just I'm walking over the same like I'm just retracing my steps of like God's love for me mm-hmm. and it's blowing my mind again it's like seeing if you've ever been to Colorado like it it's never not astounding when you get out of the most boring drive on earth to encounter all of a sudden the Rockies yeah <laughs> no matter how many times you make that drive it's always astounding. Yeah. And if you're driving, you know, uh, west from like from where we're at in Kansas City. And and that's how I feel about it. You know, like like in life, every time the Lord just like brings me to this precipice, this just like incomprehensible, like in the enormity of his great love, it's like just being blown away by his beauty again. Yeah. Yep, it's endless. Yeah. So you you'll never have to worry about not being amazed by it. Mm-hmm. The cross of Christ is robust. Mm-hmm. Ro- that's, <laughs> yeah. Dane, and that's why Dane Ortland. I'm gonna read his quote in that book. Deeper says, "As we more clearly see, or as we more clearly see, <laughs> as we see more clearly <laughs> the second person of the Trinity, who He is and what He has done." the third person of the trinity creates in us an experience of divine love Mm. just as the sun s-u-n gives both light and warmth you could think of the sun as giving s-o-n as giving light and the spirit as giving heat and it is this experience that uglifies sin i like that word in our eyes and beautifies righteousness Mm. it is this experience that takes us deeper into communion with god it is this experience that uproots sin Mm. isn't that good good. (laughs) and so it's it's that process of looking to the sun looking to his sacrifice and by doing that you see and savor the love of christ more and it's by doing that that the spirit applies that work in your heart and as dane ortland put it uglifies sin Mm -hmm. and beautifies righteousness Mm -hmm. for me that clicked so many things yeah you know i don't know if that that's for hopefully it does for you And, and and as he does that he also makes his law like it said, he makes righteousness look beautiful. Yeah. I so think, as Psalm 1 puts it, blessed are those who find joy right, in the law right, of the Lord. Right, yeah. Or, or Psalm 119, right? All your laws are like sweeter than drippings from the honeycomb. They're mm. like, you know, I long for your laws. Like, I, you know, I think about them at night. It's, it's almost like, you know, when you have a, when you like, when you were a kid and like you have a you had a crush yeah it's like you just like you couldn't sleep because you were just thinking about this person it's almost like i mean not i mean not quite but like you're just it's your obsession you know it's Mm -hmm. your it's your every it's your all it's your everything it's your thing without which nothing else matters you know christ and of course it is the cross of jesus christ that makes the law of god beautiful to us right because because only by the power of the holy spirit coming into us do we gain even a love for it that's right that's right yep and so you might be i'm trying i'm trying to do this methodically so (laughs) you might be thinking to yourself okay that's the mechanics of it great Thank you for that, yes. you Bible students. Mm-hmm. Well, luckily and thankfully, God is good and loving and patient and gracious to us. That He gives us many means. Mm. I keep I keep using that word, but He does give us many different means by which we can look to Christ. We we might even say opportunities. Okay, we've looked under the hood. We see the way this engine is rolling. Mm-hmm. Now, how do we drive this car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a good analogy. So, again, he's good to us in this. He doesn't 
leave us hanging. There are many ways that this can happen. You know, we have opportunities to look at Christ. There's so many opportunities and they are joyous and wonderful and beautiful. So what, what are some of them? Hmm. Number one, his word. As you so aptly described your experience of reading Isaiah, that you saw and savored Christ more deeply and that the spirit did work in you. Mm. And so right there, that was an application of the spirit and sanctification happening. You were looking to Christ and that can be done through his word, through Genesis to Revelation, mm -hmm. that that's beautifully what scripture is all about. It's all about Christ. And so you're constantly being pointed to the cross of Christ. His word is alive to you. Um, so any, any thought, any other thoughts on that? Well, you know, that's just one, one thing I've thought about is like, I, I, I think sometimes daily Bible reading, you, you don't want to make it just like a box that you check off. Mm -hmm. in your day at the same time even if you are just treating it like a box you check off in the day it's probably better doing that than not reading it at all yeah because the word of god is living and active yeah. the word of god does not come into our eyes and our minds and our ears as something passive it's alive right so even if we come to the word of god without the most devotional of hearts Coming to the word of God at all mm -hmm. is, as it were, coming to a sacrament, yeah. a means of grace. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it coming to a... It's a, sacred. It is sacred, a conduit of the power of mm -hmm. God. Yeah. Even while you're you're listening to it and you're taking that time, you got kids screaming at you, you got work weighing on your mind, that moment in which you are reading a living and holy word that's a sacred moment that's right yep that's right and that's why it's so important to have bible reading during your church service yes <laughs> you know like right. like there's much to be said about a sermon i love sermons but we got to read our bibles too you know we got to publicly read the scriptures as the apostle taught us yep yep so um on top of the word as we have been alluding to, uh, is the gathering of the church, mm. the gathering of the church, which part of that is uh, the, the reading of his word when you gather, but it also includes the preaching of the word. That's right. The singing of the word, That's right. uh, uh, you know, worshiping together. But it also, I think, includes uh communion with your brothers and sisters with those in the church that you're there together so you're gonna say you know hey you know hopefully you know you you want to uh endeavor to do this on a sunday morning when you're gathering hey brother how how was your week you know it it was rough man it, you know i had this and this and this going on but here's how and here's where i savored christ throughout my week even though it was difficult mm -hmm. even though it's frustrating those conversations that edifying that encouraging that's part of why we gather you know you said something interesting you said singing the word mm -hmm. can you kind of expound on that what is the role of worship because kind of the way i don't know about you but the way i grew up <clears throat> and i and like this was i mean you know no one really said this exactly but it was just like the way i grew up thinking about singing to god in church which is a command it's not just something the church does because it's kind of cool yeah. and kind of spiritual. It, it's a command of God in the scriptures to sing yep. to him publicly yep. in the gathering. Um, the way I thought about I thought about it growing up was like, okay, this is kind of me and God. The other people here are kind of like accidental or, or they're kind of like, or they might even be distracting me. Uh, they just I happen need, to be here. I need to, as best as I can, isolate my experience with God yeah. right here mm. as I worship. Mm. But that's not what you just said. Yeah. 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 There, there are a few different aspects to this. One, it is corporate. 
and it's corporate because we're doing it when we gather, right? So, so it's corporate. It's God's people coming together, gathering, and singing his praises. That's something that is both uh, commanded by God because he decides and he chooses how he wants to be worshipped. And he wants to be worshipped mm-hmm. corporately by That's his right. people. Mm-hmm. Additionally, though, while it is corporate, there is a sense in which it is personal too mm-hmm. that there is a personal edification by the corporate worship of god yeah. that you are edified so for example during uh i say during my wife during during, during <laughs> the pandemic you know if you remember those few sundays when we started coming back and it felt weighty and hard and mm-hmm. knew a lot of people were going through a lot of difficult things and the months following that you know just didn't get any better you know we started gathering but the sweetest part even with masks on and especially once we were not wearing masks anymore (laughs) was turning and looking and seeing those congregationally i think this is part of why god wants to be worshiped in this way corporately you're looking around and seeing this person singing mm-hmm. and worshiping on a Sunday morning. You know what they're going through. You know that it's yeah. difficult and you see them worshiping and that encourages you. It brings joy into your heart. And I think there's something incredibly uh, 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 unique and, yeah. and, and sacred about that. And you see, Paul even talks about this. He says, you know, he can, he says that we should sing to one another. That's right in psalms hymns and spiritual songs but here's the interesting thing then he says singing and making melody in your heart to the lord mm-hmm. and it's like we are encouraging each other by each of us individually singing to god yeah but by singing to god we're also singing to each other that's right yeah yep it's a beautiful thing so and, and there's another aspect to it as well. This I, this wasn't directly your question, but you know, singing the word. Does that mean on a Sunday morning we're going through and singing the Psalms? You some, might be. Some people. You might. You be. might actually be doing that. Some people Good hold to you. exclusive psalmody. Great. So. Good. Love it. <laughs> but you don't have to do that. If you're doing that, great. Mm. But there's a sense in which you can sing the word, sing the principles mm. and the wording, biblical language in your songs. And the I doctrines. think the doctrines, there's something to be said for hymns because there were those before us who knew these doctrines well and put these doctrines to, to song. But there even are people contemporary, you know, contemporary artists who are doing that. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely singing, singing the word. Yeah. So on top of that, so if you're thinking his word, if you're, you know, if you've ever read Brett McCracken's Wisdom Pyramid, you know, I'm not trying to rip him off, but there is, you know, that foundational level of, you know, how does sanctification occur? What are the things that God, by his grace, gives us? Well, the word, the church gathered, right? And then universally, the church itself. And so this is more, I'm using this more broadly. This is... uh, Mm more um you know those who belong to the church universal that you can benefit from to look to and savor christ more and so i think this would include authors you know who Mm. write Mm -hmm. christian living theological books you know popular level books that let you understand the heart of christ the trinity uh even sanctification baptism you know these things help you look Mm. to christ speakers you know people who go around and speak at conferences or um come speak at your church Mm. Um, even so we we can look not only to the believers to whom you know with whom we gather weekly or you know or more than once a week you know if you can community group whatever but we can also look to our fellow brothers and sisters globally even those who are right now with the lord yeah absolutely you know throughout time we can look to them because the lord has given them to us as well yeah well church history is beautiful it's it can be confusing and daunting but it's beautiful the the work of the saints uh prior to you you know right now in 2022 is uh is amazing tap into that 
There was one church historian who said, my entire job is to convince you that between Paul and your grandma, things happened and that matters. I love that so much. <laughs> I don't remember who said that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so <was> that it? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and then, you know, lastly on my brief list here, certainly not exhaustive, uh, is creation itself. Creation itself speaks of and sings to a creator. Ooh, it does. And I think there is something sacred in creation as well to where, in the sense where the rocks cry out, right? Mm. Um, And if we are talking about how one of the keys to understanding sanctification is understanding who Jesus is and looking on and savoring him more, well, guess what? Jesus is the creator of the universe. It was by him and for him that all things were created. Yeah, and were brought to worship. Yeah. You know, I think of Psalm 19, which which Psalm 19 has two stanzas. I don't know if I'm using that word right. Okay. Stanza. But anyways, it's, it's broken it's up. it's stanza. Stanza. <laughs> it's, it's, it's broken up into two separate parts. There's two movements to this psalm. And it begins, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. That's the first, that's Psalm 19.1. Come on. Mm-hmm. The, the first verse of the second movement is verse seven. And it says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Mm. And, and, and so the verses one through six are talk all about the heavens mm. and how there's a voice mm-hmm. that goes out and there's not a place on earth this voice is not heard hmm. right there's not a, a, a an inch in this universe where the universe doesn't cry out yeah. the glory of god yeah. and but then it moves on and says the law of the lord is perfect reviving the soul the testimony of the lord is sure making the wise simple or making wise the simple the precepts of the lord are right rejoicing the heart the commandment of the lord is pure enlightening the eyes and so on and so on and it, it it moves from um from talking about you know that the heavens declare the glory of god to moving on to the law the word of god declares his glory and it revives our soul and so i I love I love that you brought up creation. Yeah, I yep. love that you brought up creation. We're meant to see God. Yeah. So practically, practically, spend time in the Word, spend time reading, spend time in creation. I, one thing I might add to this list, please, and that is prayer. Yes, I would add prayer. Yes, to the list, and, and, and it's and it's implied in the gathering of the body, right? But I think that there's also an element to which God has called us equally to prayer as to reading scripture. You know what I mean? Like uh, there's a level to which the word of God is foundational to all of that. Right. Because without the word of God, we wouldn't know God. So we wouldn't know to pray. We didn't, wouldn't know what God to pray to. Right. But at the same time, God has called us to prayer as well in supplication, laying our fears, our anxieties, our cares at his feet. And, and this is a way that he sanctifies us too. Day on a daily basis, you know, and, and there are some tools that you can get to help you pray. Because I'll be honest with you, that's one of the areas in my walk with Christ I've struggled with the most, which is it's just daily prayer. There's so many distractions. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. There's so many distractions. I, I have found the the book The Valley of Vision mm-hmm. very helpful. Yeah. Very very helpful. I'm using the the book um, Piercing Heaven. Mm-hmm. Which both of those books, they're just they're just books of prayers. That's all they are, and you just read them and you pray them to God as if they're yours. Yeah. And I have found them extremely helpful and sanctifying and moving because a lot of times I just don't have the words to say. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I, I don't know what to pray for. Yeah. And the Lord has given us these resources. Reading prayers that have already been written is not less holy. No. Than no. spontaneous. So prayer. if you're listening to this and saying that's great I, I you know my prayers are short I can't spend a lot of time in prayer there's nothing wrong with using books like this that will mm. give you the language yeah that sometimes you can't and uh, a lot of times you'll find that the spirit works through that and there are people who have struggled with what you're struggling with and there's prayers 
um, that have been written for that. I would even add Every Moment Holy. Oh, yeah. Volumes one and two are really good. Very, very good. Um, so just just to kind of finish out, um, I would just give kind of some last minute thoughts um, on sanctification. So there are a number of passages through scripture I think we could go to to have conversations on sanctification. Uh, one that prob- probably popularly comes to mind is Philippians 2 uh, verses 12 through 13, which says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So right there, I think pretty clearly Paul is saying mm-hmm. that you have to uh, get your salvation by works. Yep. Um, yep. That's what we said. <laughs> except <laughs> if it weren't for Ephesians, you know, this is the only thing. It's not the only thing. But Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, which is also Paul, says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Amen. Or even just the second the the next the 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 third chapter of yeah the next chapter <laughs> the that's next right chapter the next of chapter. which which says uh here what was it yeah though uh yeah the, here here it is um it says for his sake for Christ's sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may be in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own exactly. that comes from the law but that which comes through faith in Christ the righteousness from God that depends on faith yeah yeah <laughs> you know? that's right that's right so when we read work out your salvation we're not reading that it should be uh works to achieve your salvation but rather you know you can push back on this i see it as because it the language there seems to imply this as well in the verse work out your salvation to its completion all the way to the end the perseverance of your faith is the outworking of your salvation in your life to its completion the end yeah. of, i think uh, you, i think you're i think you're hitting at something that's very keen on what paul is trying to say i think if i remember correctly and i, I might be embarrassing myself i think the greek word is katergodzomai mm. i think it is let me let me double check here really fast yeah, I think it's Kater Godzami, uh, which g- gets translated variously, it, 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 and it is tricky to translate because it sometimes gets translated produce mm. or create, mm. bring about, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And, and certainly that idea is present, but here's the problem with understanding Paul is saying you need to create your salvation. You need to produce your salvation in the sense of like working it up from within you, willing it up mm-hmm. so that you can do enough good to finally measure up to God hmm. in his rule, in his law. That's not what he's saying because <laughs> he says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good, good pleasure. pleasure. That's right. Yeah. And, and yeah. so what he's saying is not like, hey, you are not saved. You need to pr- go ahead and get saved. What he's saying is like bring about the completion of your salvation through perseverance and also Produce and also that you know you could bring about that idea of produce, where where what it means is we are sanctified. That we're bringing it back to that foundation, right? We are already sanctified in Christ. Right. We are already made anew. So bear that fruit. Mm-hmm. You're a good tree. Yeah. You'll yeah. bear that good fruit. So do it. You yeah. know what I mean? And there's that command. I think it was Augustine that said, "Command what thou wilt, but." bring about what you command yes yeah. you know like I, command what you will but i can't do it on my own right. i need you to do it in me right yep yep and so i think this is a good uh good transition to the the last thought here before we uh close out um is that in philippians the, the next chapter there philippians 3 after paul says to work out your own salvation paul describes this working out of salvation this sanctific process of sanctification 
In Philippians 3, 13-14, he says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So what I'm highlighting here is that it's hard. Yeah. So we're talking about all this, right? We're talking about what is sanctification, what's the basis of it, what's its historical aspects, uh, why it's important to look to Christ, the means by which we can look to Christ and the Holy Spirit can apply that work and receive the love of God. But that's still not ignoring the fact that it's hard. This isn't like a, oh, great. You know, I listened to this podcast. I read this book. Boom. Sanctification. I've got it down. You know, Mm. I'm I'm working towards that goal. Paul, Paul, the apostle Paul said he's straining. He's pushing Mm. forward. It's difficult. And so you need to uh, press into these things that we are given by God's grace, the word, the gathering of the church, the the universal church itself, That's prayer, right. creation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come easy, no. but so you, you have to push into it. But God gives us these things that we can rely on and use uh, by his by his grace mm-hmm. to to uh, push on toward the goal of sanctification or the goal of the goal of Christ in the in you know, by accomplishing sanctification in that. And one, just, I guess, just like one final thing I would add to that is that as we agonize toward this goal, you know, it, it hurts. It really hurts. It, it, Paul said, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Very violent language, you know, it, because sometimes sanctification is violent. In, yep. in your approach to sin, sometimes you have to go nuclear. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like sometimes you have to delete all your social media accounts, mm-hmm. smash your smartphone, mm-hmm. get rid of your TV and your computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes that's what you have to do yeah. because Christ is worth it. Sometimes you have to go to a, a brother or a sister in Christ and say, I was wrong. Yeah. The way that I talked to you was not Christ-like. I'm sorry. I was wrong. You know, that that hurts. <laughs> that hurts your pride. That's not an easy thing to do. You can say the concept of it, but then going out and doing it and actually saying it to that person is hard. Mm. And one, dude, like just remembering that like as we, as we press forward and agonize in these feeble flawed even you know one thing luther said god has to god has to forgive our tears of repentance Mm. because even our tears of repentance are stained with sin yeah you know what i mean that's good uh but uh, like even as you know we do these we have these imperfect strivings towards sanctification god looks down on us with his smile right because ultimately we are his children and like, which one of us doesn't love seeing our child trying to obey us, right? Trying to do what is right, even as they are stumbling or having a hard time. Yeah, you know, I love seeing my boy obey, even when I know there's an internal struggle. Yeah, you know, even when I know that's happening and it's imperfect, I I'm yeah. still like, yes, I'm cheering for you. Like, do it, keep Dude. keep going. Okay, quick story. <laughs> That I know exactly what you mean. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Calvin, uh, one, one of my my boys, he uh, he had a, a football, and I wanted him to put it in the laundry room. And so he has the football. And I say, Calvin, go go put it, in, go put that in the laundry room. And he looks at me and says, Okay. And he starts walking in the opposite direction of the laundry room. <laughs> And it dawns on me very quickly, this kid doesn't have a flippin' idea <laughs> where the laundry room is. And so I go, no, Calvin. And I point to the room. I go, the laundry room. Yeah. He goes, oh, okay. And he waddles over to the laundry room and 
And I hear him go in there, and he goes, here, daddy? And I go, yes, there. And then I hear the dryer door open and <laughs> throws the football, and I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not there. <laughs> Just in the laundry. This is an analogy to our sanctification. Yes. We're, you know, we are God's children. You know, he's not going to deal harshly with us. There is much grace in mercy in love. Mm-hmm. It's that that working out our salvation that uh, that I think is is most important. So, Amen. So, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast here on sanctification. Hopefully, it was beneficial. To yes. You guys. Thank I you think. for preparing for for this. You really knocked it out of the park there to just give us a solid outline to give us you know something to really grasp onto to understand sanctification so well i hope it was i hope it was beneficial to the listener beneficial to the listener um, beneficial to me good good well i appreciate you is uh and we pre- we appreciate you listener yes we you do listener. yes gosh uh man i don't know you i probably never will but uh, for our one percent german population that's listening do i think it was actually six percent <laughs> oh six percent it was our second after the united states oh, okay germany it was six percent of our listeners come from germany so i don't know well hi there well well uh hello i, I don't know any german words but appreciate you guys so all right well uh thanks for listening uh god bless god bless that's colin fritz yes it is and that's joshua madel all right goodbye Bye. <laughs> we don't know how to end the podcast <laughs>